Let me know if this sounds familiar. Communists building a base in Cuba. Missiles pointed at the United States. Where have we heard that before? In 1962, it was Soviet missiles, and John Kennedy put his foot down. In 2023, it's China. And where is the president's son getting much of his money? And are you hearing about this in the media? Well, in a world gone mad, you need a big, fat helping of the truth. And the master of the truth is TNN. The Truth News Network. And your master of ceremonies is Dan Newman. That's what we're doing. We're digging a big hole as deep as it needs to be to find the truth. And boy, are we struggling. Just when we think we've circled around where the facts are and we follow the evidence and it points directly over here, it gets moved. We have to start the seeking truth process all over and over. Did you ever think it was going to be so tough to get facts about the important things in life? Come on now. I mean, be honest. Are we stupid today? Or were we stupid years ago when we learned you wanted the news? You just listened to a newscast or read a newspaper. You were going to get facts. That's what news organizations have always been about. Journalists are the ones that go into that profession to give us information. (laughs) We're getting a lot of stuff. Not very much of it is information. Let me tell you something. I am getting sick and tired of this election season, and we're not even in it yet. We're having presidential debates a year and a half before the election. Come on now. This is insane. With this 24-7 instant news and information about everything, why do we even have to have debates? Let those guys get on television, and girl, by the way, let them get on television. Let them get on the Internet. We have a masterful array of ways to communicate with each other about anything and everything. So why do they continue to beat us over the head. If I was going to work so hard, and I'm thinking about all these people, they really work hard. I don't know a lot of politicians personally, but I know a few. And the ones that I know, they work almost 24-7. Their private life sucks if they have any at all. Are they making big bucks sufficient to justify all this hard work? Well, not on top of the table, they're not making big bucks. But there are a lot of fringe benefits that go along with it. I mean, every few days we hear about another scandal. Senator Bob Menendez out of New Jersey, he thinks it's okay to have half a million dollars in cash stuffed in his suit pockets in a closet. And nobody's going to think anything's bad about that. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Have you ever gone to your bank and asked for, oh, I don't know, 25, 30, 40, 50, 100, $500,000 in cash? Do you know what and where the alarm bells would sound if you did that? (laughs) It's unfathomable that we live in that world 
but he's a long-term senator. He's been in politics most of his life. And so if you heard his speech yesterday talking about his bribery indictments, that of him and his wife, he just came on and told us about the $500,000 cash. It was no big deal. I do that. I always go take money out of my savings account because I don't want it to get watched. And of course, he's talking about his relatives in Cuba and the government down there. We know all about that. But how the heck does that apply to him having half a million dollars and a bunch of gold and a brand new Mercedes? (laughs) And he's working on a little bit under a $200,000 a year gross job. We could go on and on and on and talk about such stories. We're not going to do that today. We have much to share with you. And, of course, our number two on Tuesday, Steve Baker will join us. I, we te- I haven't talked to him this morning. We texted late last night. He was in Nashville then. I don't know if he's going home to North Carolina or if he's going to Dallas, but he frequently stops along the way because he's got overnight somewhere from his place in North Carolina to Dallas. That's a tough, tough drive all in one day. So he's going to be with us this morning in our second hour. Got a lot of potential things to talk about with Steve, and every time he comes aboard every Tuesday, he has much new important information for us all. So get set for that. In between now and then, we're going to clear the table by giving you updates on some situations that you already know about. But guess what? We've got some stuff that you don't know about. And that's why many of you, that's why you come to TNN Live every day. Got to get educated. What a way to start Chicago in 25 to 64.
Okay, I got three texts during that song. All three of them said, that is not Chicago. Well, let me tell you who it is. It's a group called Leonid and Friends. They're out of Russia. I'm serious. They're out of Russia. And they have made a career of copying exactly the sound of our group Chicago. Now, that lead singer, this is the way those of you that text me, you caught on. That lead singer doesn't quite sound like Chicago's lead singer, Peter Cetera. But but he comes pretty close. you got to admit, that's a really good production of the song 25 or 6 to 4. I've also been asked several times, what does the title mean, 25 or 6 to 4? Listen closely to what I'm going to tell you about the title to that song. You'll never forget this. I don't think it means anything. (laughs) If it does, I don't know what the heck it is. I guess it just fit into the sound of the song. I don't know. What were people thinking, those musicians back in 1970? Oh, my gosh. Today, I'm going to be a little bit calmer than I was yesterday. If you didn't join us for the show yesterday, you couldn't do it. The first part of the show, I just went bonkers. I just, I, I, I get to a point where I've just had it with all of the untruthfulness and the insolence that these people in Congress and others in Washington, D.C. have for you and me. They think, they have to think we're stupid or we don't care about what they're doing. They talk down about us all the time. They even talk down to us. We're their bosses. At least we're supposed to be their bosses. We elect people to go up there and represent us, not to go up there and do their thing, unless they agree with us on everything, which obviously they don't agree with us on everything. If they did, they'd be up there doing the things that we vote them into office to go do. I think they have some surreptitious on the side ideas about what they're going to be doing because they sure are doing some of those things, aren't they? Well, we didn't publish a story this morning, and it's got a short reasoning, but I want you to understand this is what happens to conservatives and conservative people that are out in the public. Our website was hacked three times during the night, night before last, three times. The IT guys told me what's going on. We could not access our website, truthnewsnet.org, until during the night last night. And it's locked down now. I don't know who was going after, but somebody had a wild hair, or maybe they uh, they didn't like the show yesterday, or they didn't like our, I don't know what it is. I don't know which it is. But it doesn't matter. We're back up and alive tomorrow. I've completed a story explaining why the Democrats are doing everything they're doing. Top to bottom, you can't think of a single thing that Democrats in Congress or our Democrats in the White House are doing or have done without what the story gives to you as the reasoning. It's all tied back to that very single thing. You don't want to miss the story tomorrow morning. I would give you the title of it, but I don't want to give it away. I promise it will be good. And speaking of giving it away, 
You know what has become one of the most contentious elements in the 2024 presidential campaign? Ukraine. Ukraine. Our president, he doesn't give a rip how much money he gives to Ukraine. He just wants to keep it coming. So let me give you a little information that might frost you. In addition to at least $43 billion in military aid we've already sent to Ukraine, and the U.S. has pumped nearly $25 billion of non-military aid into Ukraine's economy since the war began February a year ago. Now, I get the $43 billion in military aid, but $25 billion of non-military aid? Some of the money we've given them had been going to prop up small businesses. Listen to this. One is a designer knitwear company in Ukraine's capital that's far from the front lines. Now, this is not a wild hair that I've gotten. This was reported first on CBS's 60 Minutes on Sunday. The owner of the knitwear company, Tatiana Abramova, Abramova or whatever, told CBS News, especially in the condition of war, we have to work. We have to pay taxes. We have to pay wages, salary to our employees. We have to work. Don't stop, she said. So when asked about how supporting Ukraine's economy would help win the war, Abramova responded, because the economy is the foundation of everything. According to CBS News, the U.S. Agency for International Development even helped Abramovo, A-B-R-A-M-O-V-A, Abramova. Anyway, this U.S. Agency for International Development helped her find customers overseas, not just to Ukrainians. The report said her company supports more than 70 employees and their families. Abramova told CBS News, we realize that it's the aid from government, but it's the aid from the heart of every ordinary American person. She said she felt grateful. Great. This is happening now. Let's put it in context. It's happening as Americans are struggling to make our own ends meet. Inflation has cooled down from a year ago, but that's failing to allay the pain of Americans who are still paying up at gas pumps and grocery aisles. I hear all of these news stories that come out and say, oh, inflation's down, it's cooled. It hasn't, folks. Do you know right now you want to go buy a house? Do you know why? I I live in a very, very popular um, community in South Shreveport, Louisiana. I won't tell you the name of the development, but it's a planned development, and... Houses are going up of every kind from the million, 200 million, not 200 million, a million, um, 200,000 in that area down to about 400,000. They have cottages and everything. It's a really neat planned community. And the prices per square foot have been, since this development was created, higher than the rest of the market in Shreveport, Louisiana. And houses that came up for sale Many of them sold the day they were put on the marketplace. Most of them sold within a week. 
We have five homes here for sale on one street now, which is unheard of. Now, why is that? I asked a young couple, a doctor that lives across the street from us, a doctor and, and uh, the doctor's the wife, the husband is a, um, what do they call him, a, a PA, a, a physician's assistant. So they make good money. And I ask them why their house is up for sale, and I understand they're moving to a different part of the area and moving out on some property because they want to have some acreage. And I said, what are you hearing about theirs is the fifth house that's went up for sale on this one street? What's causing all of this? And the doctor told me, it costs twice as much. Mortgage interest now is costing twice as much, and I thought it through. I remember when mortgage rates were below 3% here. They're at 8% here now. Wouldn't you call that inflation? Can you imagine if you were going to finance a house, a new house right now, at 8%? And you were going to keep it the whole 30 years if it was that mortgage. Can you imagine paying twice the interest over the life of that loan? And it would even be more than that because of the way mortgage interest is compounded. So I understand things are bad in Ukraine. The only difference, to be honest, is we're not at a domestic military war level as is Ukraine. The USAID is also funding seeds and fertilizers for Ukrainian farmers and covering the salaries of all, every Ukrainian first responder, 57,000 of them. Lindsey Graham, he is a hawk. Republican senator from South Carolina. He argued that sending aid to Ukraine was a great deal for America. Here's what we've gotten for our investment, he said. We haven't lost one soldier. We reduced the combat power of the Russian army by 50%, and not one of us has died in the endeavor. This is a great deal for America. Ukrainian Army Lieutenant Alexander Shirshin told the network that Ukrainians are paying with their lives, and I believe and I hope their lives cost much more than money, much more than taxpayer money, he said. All of this, keep in mind, Ukraine is ranked the second most corrupt country in Europe by Transparency International, but its politicians insist the country's keeping track of U.S. aid and not letting it get diverted. However, I didn't, I I can promise you, my congressman, 4th Congressional District in Louisiana, Mike Johnson, you heard on the show last Friday, I promise you, he didn't vote yes for us to pay for 57,000, the full salary for 57,000 first responders in Ukraine, nor did he vote to pay for expanding the retail horizons of that woman that they interviewed. However, according to the report, American officials are now investigating four criminal cases involving non-military aid. In addition, 170 Ukrainian government officials, including high-ranking military officers, have been charged 
for corruption cases this year. 170 Ukrainian government officials. Now the Biden administration is asking Congress to approve another $24 billion, which would bring total USA to Ukraine up to $135 billion since the war began. However, with American public support for aid to Ukraine waning, and a despite what we hear every day from legacy media and the president himself, Bidenomics sucks, it's not working. U.S. economy, more than two dozen senators and lawmakers say not another dollar should go toward Ukraine. I thought this was the United States of America. I thought it was a government that was voted for by the people they represent and that they have an obligation, a moral, legal obligation to work for the people. They don't get tax money from Ukraine. They don't represent Ukrainians. It's okay to give a handout, but did you hear? And what I told you That's certainly not the whole story. Can you imagine the corruption that we find out about here in the United States of America? Can you imagine how much more corruption there is over there? Having big hearts and caring for others is not what's driving all this aid hundred billion or so of our money to the Ukrainian people. Just like having a big heart is not the reason we have opened our borders. We being two people, President Joe Biden, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, they opened our southern border. It's not they need to stop throwing this out there, telling us we feel so bad. They preached this when they took office. Even before they were inaugurated, they were out hollering and hooting. We've got to take care of these desperate Mexicans and Central Americans. They're dying. They don't have food. Their governments are corrupt. They're doing everything they can to get a better life for their kids. Very little of that was true. And it's certainly not true. That's why We're letting people come in from 135 different countries. They're all coming in simply because they want to come in. And the Biden gang, they've got some things up their sleeves. Read this story tomorrow morning at truthnewsnet.org. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Some interesting thing. It is killing everybody on the left, this poll that came out over the weekend. Washington Post published a story that they, along with um, ABC News, they did a survey, and the survey was for 2024's presidential race. According to their survey, and we're talking about Washington Post, anti-conservatives, anti-Republican, and ABC News, the same thing. They would never fudge the wrong way (laughs) in a poll that they took. The wrong way would be giving any kind of 
possible Republican candidate doing better than their guy or girl, whoever it is running in the the race they're polling about. Well, Trump comes out 10 points ahead in a head-to-head match with Biden. And of course, they the next day, the Washington Post the next day, they came back and said, oh, you can't believe all this based upon everything we've known and watched and we see this poll has got to be an outlier. That was the term they used. Larry Sabato, you know who he is? He's a uh, Mr. I-know-everything-about-everything. He's an unhinged Trump hater. He got a case of the P.O., the the P-word off, that was so acute, he became a danger to democracy because he questioned the oh-so-precious corporate media. Don't forget, that questioning the media puts us all at risk. That didn't stop the disgraced Sabato who said the Washington Post should have risked democracy itself by not even publishing the poll. Yep, Sabato believes so strongly in freedom of information, he admits that if he were in charge of the Post instead of Jeff Bezos that owns Amazon, he would have hidden the results of his own poll from the public. Ignore the Washington Post ABC poll. It's a ridiculous, here it comes, Outlier, Trump up 10 over Biden, laughable. That's what Sabato posted on X, formerly known as Twitter. Then he showed his true colors. Quote, my question, how could you even publish a poll so absurd on its face will be a lingering embarrassment for you? And then he added, I am torn between scoffing and laughing which sounds nothing at all like someone who desperately wants to denigrate the poll results, intimidate the pollsters, and insult people who might read the poll with interest. That's exactly what he was doing. Regardless, this tells you exactly who these people really are. That outlier word came out yesterday, and everybody on the left is talking about it now. There is no way Trump's up 10 over Joe nationally. Everybody on the left says that, top to bottom. That's a perfectly reasonable response to this poll. However, never would I suggest the Washington Post hide the results of its own poll from the public, which is what Sabato admits he would have done. But Larry Sabato, remember, you know who he is. He is an expert. He's been around forever because he knows his stuff. So when an expert like Larry Sabato says a poll is wrong, we should listen, because this guy's on TV all the time. He's even got a crystal ball. (laughs) Have you seen it? I haven't. Here's what his crystal ball said two weeks before the 2016 election. Quote, we now have Hillary Clinton at her peak for the year at 352 electoral votes. He said on CNN, it only takes 270 to win. Hillary ended up winning only 227, lost the election to Trump, who got 307 electoral votes. So remember this, Larry, threat to democracy Sabato, is a propagandist 
who believes the media shouldn't publish polls that show Trump way ahead, but that CNN should have him on their network to tell everyone Hillary's going to win in a landslide. We have the worst elites on the planet, I think. And boy, they sure show what they're all about, don't they? Much more to get into. Steve Baker joins us at the top of the next hour. Back in two minutes. What's the biggest number you can think of? A trillion, billion, zillion. That's pretty big. How about you? Ten. Okay. How about you? Infinity. Can you top that? Infinity and one. Actually, we are looking for infinity plus infinity. Sorry. What about infinity times infinity? It's not complicated. Bigger is better. And AT&T has the nation's largest 4G network. Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained? Or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified? That we freshly bake goodies throughout the day? Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every bite. At Kiehl's, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance, and people love it. Of course, they love the savings they're going to get with Geico, but it goes beyond that. You deserve to save. (laughs) Heard that before. You deserve to save. I know. I need you to hear me. You deserve to save. I deserve to save. I mean, he has a way of making you feel seen. Bundle car and motorcycle insurance and save at geico.com. Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love and takes only seconds to make. Starbucks Via Instant, the only instant coffee of its kind. Available in black flavored lattes and iced coffee. Undeniably the go-to source for nonpartisan, spin-free news from the world. TNN, the Truth News Network, puts it all together for you every day at truthnewsnet.org. Well, Larry Sabato may be a quote-unquote expert for the left, but everybody on the right has got one or two or three of those people they look to and trust to give them honest information. One of those, Larry Kudlow. I like Larry a lot. One of the old guys. You know, he's been around a while. But he understands all angles of politics at every level. And he weighed in about this poll that came out Sunday. The liberal mainstream media is trying to pretty up the new ABC Washington Post poll by saying it's an outlier. doesn't track with other polls. Some internals are problematic. And we shouldn't believe all this stuff. But no matter how much lipstick you try to put on this polling pig, the reality is the Washington Post ABC poll showing former President Donald Trump with a 10.5242 lead over President Biden is a blockbuster. It is a game changer and it is a wake up call. All right. By the way, these new numbers are actually consistent 
with the ABC WAPO polling trends all year showing a steady Trump rise. In May, that poll showed Trump plus six. In February, it showed him plus three. Here in September, it shows him plus 10. I also know that polls are not votes. Of course, I get that. But they are tracking snapshots of voter sentiment, which is clearly swinging in Mr. Trump's way. I also know that inside the WAPO ABC poll, Joe Biden's approval and disapproval on the border is, get this, 23% approve, 63% disapprove. Also internally on the economy, Biden's 30% approval and 64% disapproval. And Biden's overall approval is 37% and his disapproval is 63%. Now, here's a question. What is going to change for Joe Biden? His border policy is a complete disaster. Is he going to change it? Don't think so. Rising gasoline and food prices are burying the middle class as their wages may go up, but inflation is going up more. They're working harder, buying less. They can't afford new homes and cars. They're working, but many families have to hold two or more jobs to make ends meet. Is this going to change? Don't think so. Rising crime rates in the blue state cities along with homelessness. And oh, by the way, what to do with all the illegal migrants? Is that going to change? Don't think so. Joe Biden's age issue? Is that going to change? Don't think so. Now, you take a look at two American flag encounters, one from the current president and one from the former president. Here it is. All right. There is Mr. Biden bumping into a flagpole, which is not a good message. There is Mr. Trump hugging the American flag. That is a very good message. Now, as Andrew Kamen writes in the AMAC Newsline, it is very unlikely that Donald Trump goes lower or that Joe Biden's going to go higher. You have to ask, what is going to change in their political fortunes? Well, the answer is Biden's going to get worse and Trump's going to get better. And that thought is not an outlier. It's going to be interesting to watch. There is no question about it. But isn't it interesting to watch the left just spin around in circles? They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They can't get the guy in the White House, their guy in the White House, to just stay on track and say the right things. Is it because Joe Biden's stupid? No, he's not stupid. He's look at look at look behind him. I mean, He's been around politics and the system working well with all of his baggage, working well for five-plus decades. That says a lot about somebody. And maybe it's not all good, but it's worked. But Democrats are just running around in circles. They're trying to get answers for everything. And what they're doing, what they're saying, is just not working. So none of what the Democrats are doing for once is working. Like usually they send out their talking points to the media. The media says, Biden, Bidenomics, Bidenomics. And then the opinions start to turn on the economy. Oh, maybe Bidenomics is a good thing. Or, you know, same thing about the southern border. Neither one is working. Mm -hmm. Huge swaths of the electorate are deeply unhappy about both of those two things. What's the definition of insanity? 
It's doing the same things over and over and over, but expecting different results every time you do the same thing. Remember my good buddy that uh, buddy that was with us uh, last week, the pastor from Albuquerque, the largest church in the state of Mexico. He said, if you got problems, you got things you don't like, well, you don't like the results of them. If you don't make some changes in the way you're doing those things, don't expect changes to happen. Nothing changes if nothing happens. Something's got to change. You can't keep pouring the same water in the bucket over and over again, hoping to put more water in the bucket. It's insane. I, I, I don't spend nearly as much time today as I used to worrying about what and why those on the left are doing what they're doing. I just don't get it. I can get ideas, and I have ideas, things that I think. That's the way I am about everything. That's the way you are. I mean, we're wired that way. Americans, human beings, we're wired to be able to reason and come up with facts. There's something going on up in the upper Midwest that really bothers me a lot. There's a big mystery going on in Cleveland. You don't hear anything about it anywhere in the U.S. I've not heard a word about it. But overnight, I got a story from the Daily Mail and a story about Cleveland. There's a big mystery up there as nearly 50 school children have gone missing in Cleveland in September alone. But that's not all. Over a 1,000 have vanished so far this year in an alarming trend that's leaving Ohio cops baffled. Have you heard this story? Police say the number of runaways and missing kids is unusually high this year, if that's what's going on. Last year, 1,600 kids were reported missing in the state of 11 million. In Georgia and North Carolina, which have similar populations, the number was less than 700. Police say they are concerned the youths are being trafficked or becoming involved in gang activity. It's nearly double that of states with similar populations, sparking panic. I can only imagine parents and cops who in some towns can't keep up with the number of teenagers running away. 45 kids have been reported missing in the Cleveland area this month alone. And we still have a week to go. They joined the total number of 1,072 who have been reported missing since the beginning of 2023. While the majority have since returned home or been accounted for, cops say many are regular runaways who will likely vanish again. They say the rate of kids going missing and running away in 2023 is very, very unusually high. Last year, 2022, Ohio had nearly double the number of runaways at states like Georgia, North Carolina, and Illinois, all of which have populations of between 10 and 12 million. According to the Ohio AG's office, there are now over 45 missing minors in the greater Cleveland area. All have been reported as missing since September 1. They joined the total number of 1,072 kids 
reported missing by their loved ones in the area since the beginning of January. While cops say most likely are runaways, it's not always truthful. Newburgh Heights Police Chief John Majoy said earlier this year that cases of missing kids between ages 12 and 17 remain unusually high. For some reason, in 2023, we've seen a lot more than we normally see, which is troubling in part because we don't know what's going on with some of these kids, whether they're being trafficked or whether they're involved in gang activity or even drugs. Cherise Snowden, whose 15-year-old son Keyshawn is missing, she said yesterday at a community search for him, it's been over 40 days without my baby. I just want him back home. That one, that folks, is very troubling to me. I'm a poppy. That's what all six of my grandchildren call me and a bunch of their friends call me Poppy. We're really close with our family. We have a really close family. I'm blessed in that regard. Marianne, she's got a great family. I've got a great family. And when you blend all of those together, we have some really good family members and we are very, very close. That doesn't mean everything goes perfect all the time. It can't because we're all humans. Humans are going to do what humans do. But one thing we do is we look out for each other. We have each other's backs. When our kids, our children are involved in these kind of things, just turning up missing, I would go nuts. I can only imagine these parents and these grandparents, how they're struggling with this. We'll keep our eye on it and let you know what comes out. But so far, it hadn't been very good. Let's talk about something that uh, it just stays right in our wheelhouse. Unfortunately, it keeps coming up over and over and over again. We reported and we did a story earlier, I guess maybe in the early part of this month, maybe late last month, about the next pandemic. And we're being warned by numerous sources, including Bill I can't even think of his name right now, Mr. Microsoft, that there is a pandemic that has already begun and it's going to be much worse than was COVID-19. And then overnight, we got this little word out of China, the Wuhan Institute of Virology is warning another COVID outbreak is highly likely, coronavirus outbreak is highly likely Bill Gates is who I was thinking of. I'm sorry. My mind's going a thousand different directions today. So there's a story published by some of the scientists at that Wuhan Institute, and reportedly it's circulating widely on Chinese social media this week. They have concluded there that as many as 20 species of coronavirus are highly likely to cause an outbreak among humans. Study appeared in Emerging Microbes and Infections in July, the South China Morning Post noted on Sunday. But it began making headlines in Chinese language media as social media users discovered it, started spreading its conclusions online. The scientists documented their study 
of 40 coronavirus species and identified 20 as high risk, including six of which jumped to human, three with evidence of spillover but not to human, and 11 without evidence of spillover yet. It's almost certain there will be further disease emergence and is highly likely a COVID, that's coronavirus disease again. Thus, the early prep for the animal COVIDs with risk of spillover is important for future disease preparedness regarding the likely animal origin of SARS, MERS, and COVID-19. SARS is a coronavirus-caused disease that caused a deadly outbreak that originated back in 2002 in China. MERS, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, is a coronavirus disease first identified in Saudi Arabia in 2012. COVID-19 is a scientific name for the disease caused by the Wuhan coronavirus. It just keeps getting worse. What is going on there? And oh, by the way, we had big news yesterday. If you missed this, the CDC announced they have they have uh, authorized the use of a brand new COVID shot, brand spanking new. Pfizer put it out there. It's now approved to be being used right now. Now, it's not fully approved by the FDA. Do you know that none of the vaccines, none of them, none of them has been fully approved by the FDA? They're still being used in emergency use authorization. If you're not a friend of this show, you hadn't been around a long time, the purpose for that is if, for instance, Pfizer, okay, if any medication that they put out is fully approved by the FDA, and they go to market with it, and all of a sudden they start getting these horrible adverse effects. People are getting maimed. They're dying, all those kind of things. Well, Pfizer is going to have a line out the wazoo of lawyers filing lawsuits against Pfizer. That's the way it works, and it changes only when the EUA status by the FDA, that's emergency use authorization. If they stay in that category, the drug companies are immune from prosecution. It's kind of like the same thing we give to Facebook and Google and Twitter or X now. They got protection, indemnification from any liability, and the federal government has to pay for any damages, which would be the same way with the use of these EUA vaccines. Just thought I'd throw that out there. And when they released this news a couple of days ago, they put in there, it's already passed trials, been proven in a laboratory, tested exhaustively. Just so you know this, before you consider running over to Walgreens or CVS and getting your vax, there are no human trials for this new vaccine. None. Well, it's in the it's in a laboratory. I mean, they you know they have laboratory animals, rats, and others that they test these things on. Well, they did test it on lab rats. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it, Dan? You know how many lab rats? Ten. So, 
that that is the justification for millions of us to run to CVS, Walgreens, or our doctor and get this new vaccine. I can't wait. Sign me up. Oh, my gosh. Steve Baker joins us in the next 10 minutes. I want to get this out there. And when Steve comes on, I know he's probably listening now. He may want to weigh in on this. This Robert Menendez thing, Democrat senator from New Jersey, he's busted. He and his wife both and two business associates have been charged for conspiracy. Uh, I hate that term in legal action, but if they charge you with conspiracy, I guess that basically means you may not have accomplished the conspiracy, but trying to is still illegal. So he claimed yesterday, when he came out after the indictments came out the other day, he came out and addressed this to the public. He claimed that he keeps hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash and gold bullion in his home. The reason he does it, he explained, is because of Cuban property confiscations, according to a press conference he held yesterday. Now, he's an American, right? Now, he's got family members from Cuba, and so he pointed to the Cuban Castro Communist Party as the reason that he had to keep $500,000 in his suit and some gold bullion in his home because of Cuban property confiscations. I don't think they can do that in America. Cuban can't come over here. Cubans can't come over here and take property of Americans. He's a three-term senator from New Jersey, indicted on charges of bribery, fraud, and extortion for allegedly receiving money from three businessmen in exchange for steering U.S. foreign policy to favor Egypt. Now, yesterday, he defended himself against those charges. He explained that the money and gold found in his home were drawn from his own savings account and kept, quote, due to a history of property confiscations in Cuba. For 30 years, he said, I've withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my savings account, which I've kept for contingencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscations in Cuba. These were monies drawn from my personal savings. Now, he didn't elaborate and say how in his closet at his home in New Jersey, the Cuban government could get his money or his gold. Confiscation. Though the communist-led government of Cuba has been known to confiscate property of citizens, Menendez was born in the U.S., has lived in the country for his entire life. One of the envelopes which the money was discovered had DNA that matches a co-defendant of Menendez, Fred Diabas, who allegedly acted as a conduit for bribes with Egyptian money. To those who have rushed to judgment, this is the senator speaking, you've done so based on a limited set of facts framed by the prosecutors in the most salacious way possible. The court of public opinion is no substitute for our justice system. I will not only be totally exonerated, but also New Jersey's senior citizen, senior senator. Menendez said he was entitled to the presumption of innocence, which he is, 
until proven guilty, which he is, in a court of law, that's all true. I ask for nothing more and deserve nothing less, he said, while calling on detractors to pause and allow for all the facts to be presented. Regarding allegations in that indictment over his actions favoring Egypt, he claimed he had tried to hold Egypt accountable for alleged human rights violations during his tenure in the Senate. The indictment claims that Menendez leaked sensitive information about the embassy, our embassy in Cairo, to Egypt's government and ghostwrote letters for the Egyptian government to send his Senate colleagues to persuade them to withdraw their objections to U.S. military aid to Egypt. He wrote the letters for him. Now, I'm sure they've got proof of this. I don't think that would be a little far-fetched even for a Southern District of New York federal attorney to just go out there and make such an allegation in an indictment and not have proof of it. I have remained steadfast on the side of civil society and human rights defenders in Egypt, he said. My record is clear and consistent in holding Egypt accountable for its unjust detentions of American citizens and others and efforts that have eroded the independence of its judiciary. He also claimed that he had directly confronted Egypt's president, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, regarding U.S. military aid to their country. In 2019, I met with el-Sisi at the MSC and emphasized the level of repression inside Egypt affecting our security cooperation and the purchase of a Russian missile system. I placed holes on four military sales funding to go to Egypt. He didn't say whether he would seek re-election to a fourth term in the Senate. That's going to happen next year. That's when his term is over. Though he reiterated his refusal to resign his seat. Some of the people calling for my resignation say I've lost trust. They couldn't be more wrong, he said, before saying he would return to Washington this week. He has to resume his duties in the chamber. That's some interesting stuff going on. And let's just go across the other side of the nation and find some more crap. Adam Schiff, Democratic rep from California, he's running for the Senate next year. He doled out $10 million through earmarks to defense contractors that donated to his campaigns. I know that probably doesn't shock you. It didn't me. I'd be upset if there wasn't stuff like that in his rearview mirror. He's running against fellow Democrat reps Katie Porter and Barbara Lee. He earmarked over $10 million of taxpayer money to five companies to develop military technologies between 01 and 07. These companies were found to have donated tens of thousands of dollars to his campaign. We were always concerned about the pay-to-play aspects, wrote Steve Ellis, who runs the group Taxpayers of Common Sense, of Schiff's earmarks. If you're getting a campaign contribution and getting your earmark for that same company or for a client of that lobbyist, it certainly has that perception. The largest donor earmarks by Schiff, totaling $6 million, went to a company named Smith's Detection which was developing chemical weapon sensors for the military. 
Another $3 million went to Phase Bridge Incorporated, which was developing a naval radar system. Both of these groups retained a lobbyist, Paul Magliacetti, who around the same time donated 8,500s to Schiff's campaign committees. Magliocetti was later convicted on federal charges of illegal campaign contributions. He served 27 months in prison. Schiff wasn't through. He also earmarked a million bucks for Eureka Aerospace, a company that was developing military technology to stop vehicles that evaded checkpoints. Schiff's campaign got $35,000 from Eureka CEO between 06 and 2020, as well as from others in his household. Furthermore, he earmarked another $1 million to Tanner Research, which was conducting research on detecting improvised explosive devices, IEDs, which kill many U.S. Per- military personnel in Afghanistan and Iraq, Tanner's CEO donated 16000 to Schiff from 03 and 2012. Oh, Adam, you know, we shouldn't be surprised when we have people that are so transparently in the tank, over the top, and dishonest. Schiff is what we call, not we, but he's proven himself to be, a pathological liar. That's somebody who lies without even thinking about it. It's in their DNA or their constitution. So nobody should be surprised when we find out about his wrongdoing because it's like lying. It's all okay. Steve Baker up right after this. Not just political, not just lifestyle, but always relevant. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. We got you something. It's a deep, deep dish pepperoni and bacon pizza. And we gift wrapped it with over three and a half feet of bacon. You've been working so hard. We love you. Get a Little Caesars large bacon wrapped deep, deep dish pizza for just 12 bucks. Try our convenient app and pizza portal pickup. Pizza, pizza. You need brake pads? We have brake pads. Like dependable brake pads. Quieter brake pads. Longer life brake pads. And performance brake pads. At AutoZone, we have all the brake pads you need. So you can get the job done right. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Hello. Hello, sir. I hear you having problems putting together your new kitchen unit. Oh, yeah. Uh, the instructions say... What now? The instruction manual. It makes absolute... Stop reading that. Well, what would you suggest I use? I suggest you use the fact you're a man. Huh? Guys who got pride never relied on no guide, sucker. I'll give you some step-by-step instructions. <laughs> Buy Snickers, remove wrapper, bite chocolate, and get some nuts. Go to GetSomeNuts.tv for more Snickers man coaching. Raid Shadow Legends. I mean, wow. <laughs> you pick your champions, they're glorious, and their shields, oh, they glisten like uh, wet otters. But the bad guys, they're Lovecraftian, they're spooky, they're um, um, big. And then you go to battle, and it's like, then finally your foe is vanquished, and that satisfaction is such a primal feeling. Ooh, download Raid Shadow Legends. Play for free. When the press takes their marching orders from powerful special interests, you want a direct source for the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. Again, Dan Newman. And joining us now, as he does every Tuesday, he's in Nashville today. 
Steve Baker, good morning, sir. How are you today? Hey, Dan, I'm great. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing really, really well. Have you been listening for at least the last little while? Uh, unfortunately, no. I, I am in a whirlwind right now here uh, with things that have happened just transpired just over the last two days. So I, I've had my head in the middle of uh, writing uh, another story that is uh, going to pop today. Folks, you got to realize this now. We, when we have him on, we are thrilled because he is a big shot journalist now. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Well, he's well on his way, let me say that. Seriously, Steve Baker has long been an investigative journalist. He's paid the price, believe me. Uh, He's been after it. He loves to do research. And when you are one of those people, which I am too, maybe not nearly to his level, but I love to dig and dig and dig and get facts. That's what he does. And he brings a lot of things to the table that anybody out there, even with the big networks, don't have people doing the same kind of digging. And he comes up with information that even the people at the highest levels of Congress, I'm talking about Republicans, I'm talking about chairman of big committees, very powerful committees, they don't even know about. And when he shares his stuff, they just go crazy. We didn't know that. That shocks me that that's going on, but it really doesn't shock you so much, does it? I'll be honest with you, Dan, it did at first, but uh, once I understand more about the machinations and what these guys are up against up there and how many people are pulling on them from you know every angle, uh, you, you realize that, well, first of all, just, just as a human being, they can't possibly know everything that's going on, but you sure hope you would want them to be aware of the important things that are going on and that the things that the people most care about. And that's the shocking part is when they, they seem to have that hold in their vision. And so, um, so I'm not shocked by that any longer. And then, um, fortunately, uh, particularly with some of the, the stories that we're working on and that we have coming that we continue to, to tease your audience with, and by the way, we are right on the cusp now. We have we've had we've had some real victories in the last couple of days related to that. We may be uh, rolling out the the big the big reveal here uh, as early as the end of this week or uh, the first of next week. I think we're I think we're right there now. Finally, 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 after let eleven me, months of me working on this, let me put you on the spot just for a second, folks. He told me this yeah. off air when that big 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 story breaks. It'll break at the Blaze Network, but it's also going to break here, too. Maybe not the exact same minute, but we're going to be <laughs> able to bring it to you as well. And uh, we're excited. Absolutely. I know I, he's opened the uh, the door a little bit occasionally to give me some inside stuff. Let me say this. It's going to be a blockbuster. Well, I will tell you, Dan, I'm, I'm excited about that. And, and in that regard, back to our, our, our previous uh, comments about surprising people on Capitol Hill, particularly even committee chairmen, one of the things and one of the advantages that I've had uh, in just the last few months as a result of what we've learned with this coming story is I've been able to to get access to some of these, uh, not only the congressmen, but their, their chiefs of staff and their staffers, uh, their, their investigators or committee investigators. And, and I've, I'm learning that the real 
<laughs> the real work, obviously, that these that we see these guys on the committees in the committee hearings that they're doing when they're speechifying, you know, when they get their five minutes and they're supposed to be questioning whoever is on the witness stand, but they spend four and a half or four minutes and 45 seconds basically making a speech instead. Uh, really, the real work is taking place behind the scenes. It's taking place with those staffers. It's taking place with their committee investigators, that sort of thing. And then they bring that information to the table. Well, those are the guys that I'm working with most closely. And, and you know, there's some really, really good people that are in the fight and in the game and are working for the American people. And sometimes the, they're they're up against the same battle that we are. Is it, it's stupefying even to them when they bring the results of their work and their investigations to their own uh, committee members, uh, how it is, in fact, blocked by those rhinos that we were talking about just a moment ago. It's crazy. We all think that if you're a conservative, if you're, if you're a Republican or somebody that's even more conservative than members of the GOP, you would automatically assume that everybody around you that's like-minded would want to expose everything and get the truth out there in every case. Steve and I have been in this a long time, both of us, and still almost daily I end up shaking my head when I found out somebody doesn't want to talk about something, doesn't want to be embarrassed, they want to hide things, we need to do something else. It's kind of like, and we have so many things still up in the air, Steve's on the phone. I'm here. I have no idea who's listening, but let me say this with Steve listening in. The 2020 election was full of election fraud. It's been confirmed on the state level in multiple lawsuits. What they say, they tell the American people when it comes up and hardly anybody in government wants to even think about it, let alone talk about it is Trump filed 10 suits. No court heard any of those. That's a lie. That's a lie. The eight that were not, they weren't ever tried. They wouldn't even let it go that far. The judges immediately said who was filing on behalf of President Trump did not have standing to file those eight cases. They just threw them out. There was no Revelation, no evidence, no discovery whatsoever. So none of the facts came out. The two other cases, nobody wants to talk about them. He won them both. There was election wrongdoing. I don't want to call it fraud. That's a a word that can get you into litigation. I don't want to go there. But my point (laughs) is, just because somebody's a conservative in government doesn't necessarily mean They're on top of exposing every bit of truth that could be exposed about everything. And Steve's finding that out in different levels in different ways because I don't have near the access to the people and information that he gets. But it's disturbing to me, and I struggle with this, Steve. This is the United States of America. This is not the kind of stuff that we expect to happen here. No, it's it's not, and it is it is highly disappointing. It's frustrating when you're working with these individuals and these people, and they're even their 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 white hats that are on their staff, 
even their white hats are frustrated enough that they have expressed to me off the record that uh, they don't know how much longer they can take it when they bring good work and bring revelations and bring important pieces of information to their to their Congress members that they're working for on those committees and then they're not used or they're 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 uh, shelved or spiked uh, that it, it causes them to want to just get out of government service and then stop even trying. But this, this is happening at all levels. And I was just talking with someone this morning about this is even when you look at what just took place in Texas with the uh, uh, attorney general there being impeached and you had this cadre of rhino Texas. I mean, uh, my goodness, when everybody thinks of Texas, you think about a bastion of old fashioned uh, you know, American conservatism in Texas but you had this this large group of rhinos who impeached the attorney general, took him to trial, and uh, obviously, as we know, they, they they did so without any evidence whatsoever. But the most important thing is is how does this happen in Texas? And if it happens in Texas, I, I'm I'm sorry to inform the American people, this is happening everywhere, and we have politicians that we think are conservative or we think that they're on our side. And as you've heard me talk about with you before, Dan, is if you go back and you, you just go to the internet and you Google up these, uh, these individuals, Google up your representative's name and then go find out from all of the think tanks, the, uh, whether we're talking about the heritage foundation or freedom works or anybody that analyzes the voting records of these politicians, you start finding out who and what they really are. And a lot of these guys and I, I say this about Texas in particular because I, I, I brought it. I brought that state up. Is that if you go Google these guys and you find out what their voting records are, you will discover that the reason, the only reason they have an R after their name, is because that's the only way they can get elected in that red state amongst a population who is expecting people to be conservative and expecting their legislators, expecting their representatives to be conservative and to represent their conservative mindsets and values. And instead they put an R after the name just to get elected. But when you find out the way they vote, you'll find out the way they legislate, then you find out who and what they really are. And that's why we say Republican in name only. And that's, and that's not just happening in Texas, but when it happens in Texas, that should warn everyone to look much, much more closely to who you're putting in your state house, to who you're putting into Congress uh, in your own district. You can only go so far before the substance of what you have, the structure of your state government, also the structure of our federal government. You can only go so far without actually changing the substance of who you are. I yeah. uh, I heard Mark Levin Sunday night, Pete Hegseth, they were doing an interview together. And it was principally about Mark Levin's new book that's out. I haven't got it yet. I will get it. Uh, I'm a fan. He's a constitutional expert, one of the most recognizable ones in the country. He's very, very conservative. And he said a couple of things that just slapped me in the face that I could not believe. Talking about Texas, he, he it, it was kind of about the open border stuff, but he brought something else into that conversation. He told Pete Hegseth, what's going on in Texas and the reason for this mass migration, most of who end up being somewhere in Texas and what's going on at Austin. You talked about Ken Paxton, the attorney general, getting impeached, and it was a land slaughter when they took the vote. He was 
exonerated from any of that. But the purpose right. is to turn Texas red. It's a conservative state. It always has been. But to turn it red because they need either one more big state like Georgia or Florida or Texas to turn red, they being the Democratic Party. Right. I mean to turn Turn blue. blue, Yeah. 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 Used to be red. They flipped that on us. You remember that? Yeah. You remember when they flipped that on us? Yes. It, it, it used to it used to be that the the national news services ABC NBC CBS always represented the Republicans as the blue on the map and the Democrats as the red and it was you know that made sense to us because you know we we like to uh, we like to uh, compare obviously and accurately I would say the Democratic Party to the to the communists and and the the Reds of Russia the USSR of China. And, uh, and of course they, they surreptitiously just, and I think, it, I think if I remember correctly, it was the 92 elections. I think it, and I think it was ABC, ABC just inexplicably switched the colors on their map. And then the other networks followed suit and then they've, they've, uh, been unchallenged in that regard ever since. So that was a little aside, historical aside for everybody there. But what they need is one more big state to turn away from conservatism and they feel mm-hmm. like they can create a permanent Democrat party controlled government that will never be broken up. If they get all of these, they already have California and Illinois and New York, yeah. Massachusetts. Those are not going to change probably in the near term, maybe over a long period of time with a bunch of different people getting in office but control is what's driving everything there. Let's talk about Nancy Pelosi and the stuff that came out about her when the Capitol uh, police director, police chief, when he got up on the stand and called her a liar three times under oath uh, about, yeah. about his phone calls to her and her staff about needing security about the uh, National Guard people. What do you think about that testimony? Uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a big, uh, tease. Mm. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> watch, watch the coming headlines. You're going to see her name yet again. Okay. This just gets better and better. I love that. <laughs> no, this, this, this is, you know, I, I wrote, Dan, I wrote on February 24th, 2021, six weeks after January 6th. I wrote an article entitled who was up the chain on January 6th when former Capitol police chief, Stephen son, the testimony you were just referring to when he on the day and the violence had broken out and he called Paul Irving, who was the house of representatives, Sergeant at arms. And he said, I need support from the national guard and I need it now. My guys are getting, you know, you know what kicked out of them. And Paul Irving said, I'll run it up the chain. There's only one person up the chain from Sergeant of Arms, Paul Irving, on that date. And you know the name, right? Nancy Pelosi. That's it. That's who he answers to. There's nobody between him and her. Why hasn't, the, anybody, the, why hasn't anybody in government ever brought that up? 
Well, they're trying to. They're 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 they're, they're slowly trying to bring that up and, and trying to make that point. And that was one of the things that Stephen Sun has testified to several times already. I mean, he's testified to this going all the way back. It's interesting that I, I wrote my that was my second article about January sixth on February twenty fourth of twenty one, and the day before February twenty third, Stephen Sun and both of the of the sergeant at arms. Uh, that were sergeant at arms that day of both the House and the Senate uh, testified before the Senate on the 23rd, the day before. And both of those men said, we tried to run it up the chain. Obviously on the Senate side, uh, then sergeant of arms, Michael Stinger, he tried to run it up the chain to McConnell, but he was having to defer to Pelosi because Pelosi controlled the House and ultimately the House committees control the operation of that building correct so when when so what, what ended up happening was paul irving got the call from former chief son he said i'll run it up the chain meaning i'll call nancy and see if she will authorize the national guard and then immediately chief son called michael stinger who was the sergeant of arms on the senate side and his first and, and, and correct response to Sund was, what did Paul Irving said? Well, Irving said he was going to run it up the chain, and he said, okay, well, I'll wait on that. So the only person above uh, Michael Stinger was uh, Mitch McConnell on that day because Schumer had not taken over control of the Senate yet, and the only person above Paul Irving was Nancy Pelosi. So when you wonder who was making the decisions that day, ultimately it drops primarily on those two desks, McConnell and Pelosi, but more importantly, because the House has control, particularly the oversight of the Capitol Police themselves, they ultimately are more responsible than is the Senate side. So that means logically, irrefutably, ultimately Pelosi was the person where the buck stops in that situation. And which is why Sund has started to call a spade a spade and saying she's lied and she's lied over and over about this, particularly related to the National Guard, particularly to those calls that were made that day, and particularly to the fact that she was on record as saying uh, that she did not want the optics in advance of the of that building, the Capitol building, being surrounded by National Guard troops on the day of the election certification process. Let me bring up something that I want to get your opinion on. Of late, the last couple of weeks, I've interacted with, I don't know, half a dozen of people in Congress or people that work for members of Congress on both sides, House and Senate. And I'm getting a real hesitance to even have a meaningful conversation about two things, the election results in 2020 and also the January 6th happenings that day. And mm-hmm. even on a national level, nobody nobody on the Republican side is still talking about the election irregularity, whatever you want to call it, the alleged stuff there. Nobody wants to talk about it except Donald Trump. He doesn't. He's not intimidated by anybody, but his bringing it up, letting everybody, every conservative that feels there's something that wasn't right. Maybe you don't think it was outright cheating, 
Maybe you don't think it was actually purposely done, all of those, but you still feel like you just got this unsettled sense that it was irregular and it didn't happen just like it's supposed to. That really bothers me a lot, not about Trump, because he does ask the questions. I actually had somebody that called, a staffer that called and wanted to come on this show and told me what this particular Republican wanted to talk about on the show. And I said, okay, here, uh, and the staffer asked me, said, what things have you been talking about recently? And I told her, I gave her the whole litany of things. And I said, is that all kind of okay if any of that comes up in the conversation? And she told me, the congressman doesn't want to talk about the 2020 election results, nor the happenings that are still being investigated and people are being prosecuted for the January 6th stuff. That really bothers mm-hmm. me. It troubles me a lot. You would think a those real... Are, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Those are two very taboo subjects, and they're scared to death of them on Capitol Hill. And the reason why... Well, just, just take a look at what has happened to Fox News. They lost a, a nearly a you know billion-dollar lawsuit about the uh, voting machines, right? So so they lose that. Obviously, this is as a result of their commentary about uh, the election uh, anomalies, we'll call it. Uh, and then now they're being sued by Ray Epps, you know, one of the most uh, uh, infamous and notorious figures in the whole January 6th debacle. Uh, they're being sued by him as well, as well as uh, I believe they're suing Tucker as well uh, as a result of their coverage of his story and how they've handled that. And so when you see what's happening to the right wing media, and this is why, and I, this is inside scoop for you right now, I know beyond, uh, well, I won't, I'm not going to name names, but I will tell you that there are in fact right wing media empires, some of the biggest names that we know of, who will not talk about January 6th, period. And the reason why is it because it doesn't poll well. And then the second reason why is, is they are afraid that there's going to be a tidal wave of lawsuits, just like what Fox was is, is being subject, uh, subjected to now. And it's on both of those tops, topics. It's election fraud and it's January 6th. I am so blessed by the fact that the blaze seems unafraid <laughs> and I'm glad that I'm there and I'm glad that that's where I landed. Uh, and I'm glad that that's where we're going to re- be releasing this big story because they're unafraid to tell the truth come what may. And that, but that Dan is, that's exactly what's happening. And that answers your question right there. First of all, it doesn't poll well, as I said, there was a Harris um, Harvard poll, poll that came out a couple of months ago that showed that only 5% of Americans still believe that January 6th is an important um, topic, that it means anything to the national debate. And, of course, Congress people are seeing that in their own internal polling. They're seeing the same types of results, which is why you have the hesitancy of the Jim Jordans and all of those to um, to want to deal with that in weaponization committee. It's why McCarthy backed off of his promise to release all 41,000 hours of the video to the public, not to make it available in a limited structure to a certain uh, number of media outlets, but his promise was to release the entire batch to the American people. And there's a reason why I backed off of that. It doesn't poll well. 
How do you feel about the future of Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker with this debacle that he is, it's a self-made issue? He, uh, he made it very clear when he first got the gavel. And remember from the floor, he had to negotiate and give away all kinds of things to even become the speaker. And one of them was, we're going to get the budget deal all put together, all of those appropriation bills done, and we'll have it done well before the end of the fiscal year, which is this weekend. And he didn't do Mm -hmm. it. They got started in July, and he never one time took one of those 12 appropriation bills to the floor to even be discussed. And now we're sitting here, and they've got a gun to their head, either default on the debt, shut the government down, and it certainly looks like we're not going to just be able to float through this weekend with everything being okay. Can he survive that? Will he survive that? I don't care if he survives it or not. How's that for an answer? Uh, the, 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 reality, the reality is this, and, I, and, and if, if Speaker McCarthy or any of his staff members who I am dependent upon right now for some help with this story that we're coming out with, I don't mind being on the public about it or being on the public record with it. And that is simply this. Keep your promise, your promises, plural, that you made to your fellow House of Representative members who voted you in as Speaker of the House. Just keep those, keep that list of promises and all is well, okay? The second thing, and I speak to your audience is, and I'm going back to what I said earlier on this, uh, on this particular uh, interview, is that go look at the voting record of McCarthy and you will learn that he votes with the Democrats. He votes blue more often than he votes red. Now, why doesn't, why doesn't his own constituency know that? Why doesn't uh, the American people at large understand that about Speaker McCarthy? It's because he will posture himself and at the right moment on the big topics that everybody's paying attention to, and he'll posture himself correctly on those issues, but on those hundreds of other smaller votes, he's voting blue. It's all that's why he has that's why he has an F rating, an yeah. F rating from conservative uh, think tanks. It's all about keeping the power of position, because with that you can wield it many times and get things done that you'll never get done if you just are a straight shooter and you follow the road that you told us that you're on, and maybe you were on originally. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm a conservative. I'm going to vote all conservative issues. Yep. But then details start coming in, and you've got to do this to appease this person and this person, and you don't want to hack this one off, so you've got to compromise. That's That's not what conservatives want in representation in our government. It doesn't but that, work but, that way. That's right. But see, that's why we call it the uniparty, and that's why we uh, know that Schumer is entirely okay with uh, McCarthy uh, being Speaker of the House, even though he, he's got an R after his name, because McCarthy is going to support his agenda, Schumer's agenda, the Democratic agenda, 60% of the time. That's the voting record. He only votes with the Republicans 40% of the time. He has a worse voting record than um, uh, uh, Graham out of South Carolina. 
Did you hear Matt Gates over the weekend come after McCarthy? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I did. I, I thought it <laughs> he was consistent I, about that. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful. I, uh, I mean, he said all the things you and I are talking about right now, questioning McCarthy. You didn't do that. And he did it with Maria Bartiromo, who I like a lot. Right. I can't stand her voice. She squeaks. She's got that. that she's got that Queens, New York voice. Uh, right. But he did not back away from her, and she didn't back away from him. But all the facts got out there. If you didn't listen to it, I'm talking to our audience now. We played that in its entirety yesterday for you. Go back and grab the podcast. Maria Bartiromo and Matt Gates, Republican representative out of Florida. And he went after McCarthy, and she confronted him for doing it. But everything in that interview, Gates said, is factual. And it's coming out now. It's too late for us to pick up the phone and call our representative now and kind of back them what Matt Gates had to say about it because they've only got a few days. But that kind of stuff goes on every day, and we don't see or hear about it. I guarantee you 99% of the people listening right now, you shocked them when you talked about what McCarthy's actual voting record is. Everybody just assumes and, because yeah. he's a Republican leader in the House, he votes conservative every time. And he does not. And I, I as soon as that Gates Bartiromo interview uh, hit the the social media Twitter sphere or X sphere, as they call it now, the, uh, one of the things that I said about that was, is that I have, I have personally, I have a lot of problems and misgivings with Matt Gates myself. Me too. And, and, and I have, um, well, and, and some of those are, are policy related. Some of those are personal, uh, just observations that uh, problems that I have with him, but, I did say, and I followed that up by saying every single thing that he said to Bartiromo in that interview was a hundred percent dead on. And people need to hear it. Do you think he can ever possibly get in leadership in the Republican party in some capacity? Uh, no, I think he, I think he's too much of a, uh, fringe wild card. And, and, and let's, let's just, uh, be perfectly clear about that. Um, whether he is or isn't, he certainly has been uh, pigeonholed into that, you know, far oh, yeah. edge, uh, what, you know, almost what they call sometimes wingnut uh, category along with MTG and a couple of others. But um, uh, whether that's a fair portrayal or not, and, and sometimes those are, uh, <laughs> the, those are things that you brought upon yourself by certain actions and words and deeds. But the, the point being is, is that he has been characterized in that way. And it'll take, it will, it'll probably take several years of repair of that image, uh, for him to, um, lose that, uh, perception from not, not just the, not just the, the other membership in the house, but, uh, the, the people, you know, the, the electorate as well for him to be able to earn a, 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 a significant leadership position. But I, I will tell you more often than not of late, his voice has been correct. Yes. Hey, listen, before we go in the time we have left, I want to change the topic just a little bit. I want to get your sense of where you feel like this administration or maybe not even just the administration, the nation is headed regarding in this latest spate of illegal aliens flooding across the Southern border. What do you think's going on and what is the purpose of this happening? 
It's changed dramatically, and you and I both know it didn't just happen that way. There's something going on. What is it? Do you have a sense? Dan, I, I will tell you, I have been more disturbed by recent video images that are being reported and coming from the border. And not just the border, but much further south. I'm talking about internally in Mexico, as well as all, all the way down in Central America of the caravans of the groups that are, that are being uh, shipped this direction. This is, this is an organized, planned invasion. And the most disturbing part about the most release, recent videos are that we're seeing thousands of young 20-something to 30-year-old military-aged men from 100-plus different countries, heavily uh, uh, the number coming from China, uh, and African nations, and they're being brought in from our in, into our southern border. They're literally being shipped here. This is purposeful. It can easily be stopped. And for some reason, the Biden administration is overlooking it, turning their, their heads to this. But I don't believe that that's happening. I believe that they're behind this. I believe that they're part and parcel to it. That this is beyond, this is beyond just making a few uh, receptive sounding words on television that are, you know, that our, our country is open to you know, those who are seeking uh, freedom and liberty. Come, you know, come here, come one all and all and, and, you know, bring us your sick, your tired, your lonely, your, your, you know, whatever. That's beyond that now. I believe that the Biden administration or whoever pulls the puppet strings of the Biden administration is actively facilitating because these groups don't organize like that, Dan. People have to understand that. You don't suddenly, you do not get a group of thousands, not tens, thousands of military age fit young men in a single caravan, whether it's on top of trains are in a march across the borders to come uh, by coincidence. If this was coincidence, there would be an equal number of women and then all of their children and their babies if these were refugees. They are not refugees. This is an organized invasion force. And now we're up to over five and a half million of them since Biden has been in office. Something has to happen. Something has to happen quickly. And this is a and this is something I'm really upset with the GOP about, and with our uh, our 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 uniparty, uh, particularly those with a an R after their name. They are more than aware that what's going on, and they need to be screaming bloody murder in every speech, every single committee hearing, every single time they're in front of a microphone about this until until we break through to the American people. And that is, uh, you know, among the many dangers that we're facing right now, this one is one that is really at the top of my uh, warning radar zone. I am scared to death about what could possibly happen simply because it's not managed at all. There is no management. It's real easy to throw open the gates and just put the word out across not just Mexico but across the world to all these countries, and the word goes out, the United States is opening its floodgates. You can come there. They're not only going to let you in, they're going to pay for you to have a place to stay, food to eat, health care, transportation. We'll give, you'll get a cell phone and even get cash. Who wouldn't be drawn to that? And certainly, 
in other countries if there are people that are, they got good jobs, basically, good family, good housing, everything's okay. They're not going to jump up and just walk away from everything and end up over here. It's not the cream of the crop in large part that's showing up down there. And in the middle of all of this, we hear that the cartels in Mexico are now the number three funders of the Mexican government. Yeah. And we gave them $216,552,506 last year, did we as a government. So you put that in perspective. We're number one. They're not but just a couple of notches below us. This has no good ending ahead. I don't see how it could work because we have nobody that could even manage it. Unless, of course, the orange man finds a way to get back in office, he would be the most qualified person if he had a little support in Congress. He could get it done, I think, at least mitigate how horrible it possibly could be. Well, I'll tell you, any president could stop this and will not need, would not need congressional help because the president is the commander of chief and we were, we're dealing with an invasion force right now. And a good president, a president who in fact cared about the safety and protection of our borders and, and, and of our own citizens could stop that invasion by simply deploying our forces. This is not a violation of Posse comitatus. This is, in fact, recognizing that we have an invasion force of military age young men from nations all from from hostile nations from all over the the, the world who are sending their military age young men here. Dan, we we know beyond any shadow of a doubt. You, you know, I, I have I have connections in our intelligence agencies. I have connections within our special forces, and I can tell you right now that they are well aware. And they are tracking and they are spotting and they are seeing that there are sleeper cells of all types coming across that border. We're talking about, and this has been going on for decades, but we got sleeper cells from Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, Al-Qaeda. And that's, and that's the old enemy now. You know, we're, we're, we're forgetting that they're sending in sleeper cells from Russia. They're sending in sleeper cells from Venezuela. Or they're sending in sleeper cells from China, from communist nations as well. And these are these these sleeper cells are embedded in these caravans. And when you say we don't have the management or the organization to deal with this, actually I think it's the exact opposite. I think we're actually seeing and witnessing the organization and what's happening from the Biden administration and their puppeteers and what is taking place at our southern border right now is beyond uh, well organized is beyond well managed. It is it is in full cooperation with the cartel. It is in full cooperation with elements of our three letter agencies, and uh, unfortunately, it's in cooperation with the the uh, the figurehead that sits in the Oval Office right now. No accountability. Just, no accountability. Yeah. Eight U.S. Code Section thirteen twenty five. Any alien who enters or attempts to enter the U.S. at any time or place other than as designated eludes examination or inspection by immigration officers, attempts to enter to obtain entry to the United States falsely, you're committing a crime. And you can be fined or imprisoned not more than two years or both. So, to stop it, all he'd have to do is say, hey, we're going to enforce that particular law. 
But how, oh how, this is the part that scares me the most. How can the President of the United States get a free pass for purposely suborning illegal immigration when knowingly his doing it? And another part of that code is somebody that uh, suborns it, they're also guilty of the same crime. No accountability. How can that possibly happen? How can it be justified? And how come the Republican Party has not made this the number one cause for impeachment and removal of Joe Biden? Well, I think it is the number one cause. And uh, it is, as far as I'm concerned, it's treason. Uh, I believe that that ultimately when the veil is pulled back, we're going to find out that this was an organized invasion and that uh, just like the documents of his financial transactions uh, through his son and through uh, all of the offshore accounts and the um, um, shell corporations and that sort of thing set up for all their family members, just as we know that all of that is true and real now, we're going to eventually be able to trace the organization and the management of this invasion right back to, well, again, I say Biden's desk, but I don't think Biden ultimately knows where he is and who he is and what he's doing from day to day. It's to the desk desk of whoever really is calling the shots. (laughs) That's exactly right. And, and, you know, I have my feelings about who that is. So, yes. Hey buddy, great visit with you today. We got a lot of good things done. We put a bunch on the table And I want to thank you, as always, for being here. Please, please let me know when that story is going to bust out on Blaze so I can tell people here, and then we'll figure out when it's okay for us to publish it. But I can't wait. I will say, say, right as I said earlier, uh, at the very earliest, the end of this week, more than likely the very first of next week, uh, one last word for your, uh, your your audience. I had another specific threat against me from the government on uh, Friday. Oh my God! Uh, my attorney, my attorney received a phone call from the FBI agent in charge of my personal case, my investigation, and informed him that they believe that I am actually covering up and hiding information and may have deleted evidence related to my own personal videos because I did respond uh, per their request to the grand jury subpoena. Uh, for my my January 6th related videos. And um, he actually, the FBI agent said this to my attorney, and this is a quote. He said, I just don't want him, meaning me, I don't want him to get into any more trouble than he already is. (laughs) Of course, they won't tell us what trouble (laughs) I'm in. Does that sound uh, like know, a, I, does that sound like a veiled threat to you? Not very veiled, but it sounds for sure like a threat. It's it, and certainly the timing of this threat with what I'm about to release through the blaze is not coincidental. I don't believe that for a second. But uh, as a result of this, we have started the process of ramping up. Uh, putting I'm putting my legal team together in advance. I mean, we're going we're going on full offensive in advance of, of uh, even in advance of any charges. I, I just so everybody is clear, I have no charges filed against me yet. We have no idea what they would do. We have no idea where they're going with this. I did no violence. I did no property damage. I literally committed no felonies. But a grand jury is not seated or convened for misdemeanor charges. A grand jury is only convened for felony charges. So they are looking at me to develop some sort of process crime, which means they're going to use my words 
my actions, my deeds outside of and away from the Capitol to create some sort of process crime around me. We have no idea what it is, what it could be. It could be the 1512 obstruction of Congress charge that they're slapping on some of the other misdemeanor defendants. It could be as, you know, but that's a five year, I mean, that's a, that's a five year prison sentence right there if convicted. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, and so we don't know where they're going. We don't know what they're trying to do. It's going to be a, it's going to be a selective prosecution, political prosecution, because they'll have to prosecute me and then explain away why they haven't prosecuted the other 80 to a hundred journalists that, um, covered the capital action that day. So it's going to be a very interesting thing if they, if they do go forward with this, but we're, you know, once again, we're just taking the offensive and, uh, we're put, I'm, I'm putting, I'm just telling you, I'm putting together a dream team as best we can. It's going to be expensive and I'll, you know, look, I'll be, I'll be coming to your audience and saying help, you know, soon, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll it, if we have to go there, we have to go there. I got you, ma'am. Well, listen, we have been praying for you. We still are. We support you. And even if you need bail money, feel free to give me a call. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I've got, I've, I've got no, no, Dan. I've got you on record now, and I've got you on speed dial. So. <laughs> All right, man. Well, keep us posted. Let us know when the story is coming out. If anything breaks between now and when we get together normally next week, let us know. Thanks, Dan. Wow. Steve Baker. <laughs> He's a tough one, isn't he? I don't think I have that chutzpah. And there's very little in this world that scares me to death. But just thinking, having that hanging over your head with an occasional phone call from an FBI special agent assigned to your case and actually making that statement, I don't want him, Steve, (laughs) to get in more trouble than he's in now. What kind of message does that send? Oh, my gosh. Steve's mother is a good friend. We go to church together. And I know she's been worried about Steve a lot. But we do. We pray for Steve. We're trusting God to lead him the right way. And we just need to hold him up. If you're a praying per- person, when you uh, when you pray next time, try to remember, pray for Steve Baker f- for coverage for whatever comes out of that. When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners. Off to gang and showtime. Uh, do you know this guy? I'm not gonna cry, am I? Only if you don't believe in the power of friendship. Really? You guys are good. (laughs) Movies, right when you want them. Watch unlimited movies instantly for only nine bucks a month from Netflix. That's so cute, it's stupid. Amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance, and people love it. Of course, they love the savings they're going to get with Geico, but it goes beyond that. You deserve to save. (laughs) Heard that before. You deserve to save. I know. I need you to hear me. You deserve to save. I deserve to save. I mean, he has a way of making you feel seen. 
Bundle car and motorcycle insurance and save at geico.com. Brian, open the door, please. Hey, Dad. Your music is as loud as a jet engine. But, Dad, a jet engine can reach 140 decibels. Well, yes, Well, the loudest commercial speaker is about 97 decibels. Uh, uh-huh. So, you see, the comparison is flawed. Yeah, but... Nice talk, Dad. Teens will be teens, but one smart teenager will be a Jeopardy champ. The $100,000 Jeopardy Teen Tournament starts Wednesday. say that earlier. I just want to make that very clear. We're thankful every day that you're here and you're supporting us with your reading and listening. We never tried, we never have monetized truthnewsnet.org or TNN Live. It's a service, a public service. Many of you, thousands of you subscribe at truthnewsnet.org and that subscription doesn't cost anything. We don't send anything out to you. What the purpose for it is, is every night when a story goes live, you get an email during the night, about 1.45, 2 o'clock, you'll get an email. And it just includes the link that if you click on that link when you do, you don't go to the website front page. You go directly to the story that it's emailing to you to tell you is live. But stay close. We'll be one of the first places that knows if anything happens to Steve, what happens to him. And also, we'll be one of the first places to be able to get this story out very quickly, this blockbuster that he tells us about the latest status over every time he comes in the last few weeks. It is. I'm telling you, I've got an inside scoop. I know a bunch of the content already. It's going to blow a lot of people's minds at the national an international level. He's a tough guy. I don't know that I could do it knowing what the potential might be for a price to pay. Before we get away, another little goodie about our FBI. The FBI has allegedly lost somebody's rare fortune during one of their infamous raids. They lost a fortune in rare coins allegedly worth hundreds of thousands of dollars following one of their raids in California. And they're getting sued about it right now. The raid took place two years ago, March of 21. Hundreds of people had their deposit boxes seized without any of them being charged with any crime. Two of those depositors are alleging the FBI stole their property. All we know is that their property was in a box and safe before the FBI broke into the box. That's Joe Gay speaking, who is an attorney with the nonprofit law firm Institute for Justice. Once the FBI broke into the box, we honestly don't know exactly what happened. We don't know if they lost it. We don't know if somebody pocketed it and walked away. We have no way to know these. The Institute for Justice filed two separate lawsuits on behalf of its client, on Friday. Their property was taken from U.S. private vaults. That's a Beverly Hills-based company in the raid after the FBI claimed the business was suspected of money laundering activities. Both Don Moline and Jenny Pearsons, 
finally won in court and the FBI was told to return their property. But that was when they found out some of it was missing. They are now accusing the FBI of either incompetence or of stealing it. What do you do, flip a coin? (laughs) I don't know. I'd throw both of them out there and see if one of them or both of them stick. There's literally been no explanation, Pearson, the attorney, said. I think you have to assume that it's the simplest explanation. And I think, unfortunately, the simplest explanation is they took it or they lost it. Moline is a 79-year-old retired civil servant. He kept cash and 110 gold coins worth hundreds of thousands of dollars in a safe deposit box. He had plowed the proceeds from selling his Malibu home in 2002. He turned it into precious metals that he was collecting. Pearsons and her husband, Michael Stork, rented a box in 2017 to protect their items that were valuable. They placed about $20,000 in silver, $2,000 in cash in their box. And some of that, by the way, is missing as well. Malene was given his cash, but his gold, gold toys, his gold coins, they just disappeared. On that note, a down note, but anyway, on that note, we're going to call it a day. Thanks for sharing with us Tuesday. It's always neat to have Steve with us to get some new news when there's new news. You have a great day. Tell somebody about TNN Live and give them the link that you have to listen. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great one. When I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hurts my eyes, Something without warning love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be A lovely day
And I know it's gone 